Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hello, hello, and happy, could be Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you're listening to this, it doesn't matter, whenever you're listening to this, welcome back to Speed Street, another full episode for you this week as we wind down October, we got some feedback on the new engines that we're running at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, we got a great conversation with uh, just a man who does everything, Uh, grew up racing with Connor. Formula E, do what he do, F2, he did everything. F3, F2, oh yeah. Yeah, he's done everything. Daniel Apt, uh, now he's a very, very popular uh, influencer, creator. I'm sure you've seen him online, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, Had a lot of really good ideas. A lot of very interesting things uh, from the German fella, uh, Daniel. So I want to stick around for that, of course. Uh, But again, Joey Molinero here with you, Ben Walton, producer Ben, and of course, Connor Daly, uh, fresh off of Alexander Rossi's wedding weekend, back from New York. How was that? It looked like a great time. How are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wedding season is in full swing. Um, you know, it was it, it was something. It was, it, was, uh, it was a great time. Great to see uh, a wedding happen. Great to see uh, great friends. Um, you know, Alex Hinch. Hinch was a, a great best man. Uh, very uh, non-traditional wedding, as they say. Uh, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was fun, man. It was a great weekend. I, 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 I wasn't a big New York City guy going into it. Um, my girlfriend Amy, though, loves New York City. Uh, I have a better appreciation for New York City now. Um, but yeah, it was a fun time, man. We got uh, got real loose on the dance floor. Uh, you know, some we saw. Uh, the off-track podcast, uh, Hinch and Rossi, and and Tim, obviously, they were in full force as well. Uh, some good chatter with those guys, um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it, it was a weekend. It, it was it was it was one to one to remember for sure. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, and I was following along, and some of it was close friend stuff. Some of it was open to the public for general folks to follow. Um, but you said unconventional. Yeah, it did seem like they're they're set up for the ceremony. Everybody was in a circle of some sort. I mean, what what is going on there? 
Yes, yeah, that was uh, that was a new. I now I have never been in a wedding before, so this is a first time for me. That's being very in, surprising to me. I guess. Well, I I must be everyone's like you know uh, friend on the side. Like maybe I'm everyone's like fringe guy. I'm I'm that fringe friend. Maybe I don't know. Good enough to get the invite. Not good enough I'm, to get the wedding. Exactly. I'm I'm a I'm a like I've even I've even been invited to bachelor parties and not even to the wedding of the bachelor party that I've went to before. So like. I, I've I've been to two of those, so uh, you know maybe I'm just that fun guy. Uh, inject some fun <laughs> into the situation. I don't know, but yeah. Alex and I obviously very close friends. Alex, one of my best friends, absolutely. Uh, if I were to have a wedding day, Alex would be in my wedding, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, so first time wedding, and obviously we're doing the rehearsal, and I'm like, hey, I gotta. I got to, you know, make sure I'm doing things right here. This is very important. I don't want to mess things up for anyone. This is like, a, hey, get your stuff on, your clothes on the right way. Uh, show, And then when we're walking into this little circle thing, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I, It was very new to me, right? We're surrounding them. So, hey, maybe a big love. The love is in this big Bungalow. circle, like a big uh-huh. love bungalow. I don't know. Um, or it was like for a sacrifice. Like it was like, hey, we're going to, this is it. Like right? we're going to sacrifice something here in the middle. I don't know. But uh, it, it was cool. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it. But it also meant, I know that all the the dudes and the, the ladies are usually standing up there. Everyone's staring at you anyway. But when you're in a circle and you can't see everyone behind you staring at you, that was a wild move too. I was like, whoa, hey, this is, uh, this yep, is interesting. For sure. But, um, but yeah, cool. And, 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 and honestly, one of, the, one of the best parts of the wedding too was uh, Darcy, who was, uh, who was marrying Alex and Kelly. Uh, very funny comedian, great friend of Becky and Kelly, Becky Hinchcliffe and Kelly Rossi. Now, uh, that guy basically just roasted everyone in the, in the wedding party. Uh, so it was, James Hinchcliffe was in tears laughing, not in tears for sadness, but like, or happiness, but like laughing his head off. Tim was, could barely even breathe. And I'm like, look, Hey, are we supposed to be like, are we supposed to be laughing here? I don't know what's yeah. going on. Very serious. Uh, but Darcy uh, trashed uh, Rossi. It was very funny. Uh, made some very good jokes about Hinchcliffe hitting the wall. Uh, threw me under the bus like something fierce. Uh, and uh, it was, that was, yeah. Some He took some shots at me. Very aggressive shots. Uh, and Ed Carpenter was also at the wedding, so I'm sure he enjoyed that. Um, but it was uh, it's some, some very very aggressive shots, um, and you know what? Funny time though. It, it was a, it was a good time. A a by by the time we were kissing, you know, hey, kiss the bride. I was like, all right, it's time to party because like well, I was I was in stitches laughing. So that was yeah. that was a good time. It was it was a great a great wedding overall. Well, for, you know, for those who follow and have followed and, you know, who, who are lucky enough to know, maybe not lucky enough, but you know Alex Alex uh, and Kelly, it doesn't surprise me that that was uh, their celebration of their relationship and their partnership coming together. So fascinating. Great stuff, man. That uh, It looked like a great weekend. Unfortunately, the weather looked a little little, little dreary, a little rainy. Only rainy on, on, on wedding day. So you, after that, it was all right. But uh, I, I thankfully- hear that's good luck, though. Yeah, the wedding was indoors but, too, so that's all that matters. You know, we weren't outside shit. in some weird, uh, you know, field or a, or like a, a, a sanctuary in a in a, yeah. in a in a in a anywhere outside. So it was nice inside. The bar was also inside. You know what I mean? Had a great time there. 
Uh, well, Marco Andretti was there as well, was wearing a great Alexander Rossi AI t-shirt with the little cat, that. That, that picture. That was great. Yep. Um, just a great time overall. Uh, lots of IndyCar drivers. Let's say uh, uh, me, Alex Rossi, Charlie Kimball, Marco Andretti, James Hinchcliffe, Ed Carpenter. Uh, and then, I, I, yeah, I, I was, there was good, good, so good half Aaron. field of folks there. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome, man. That's great. Congrats to Alex and Kelly for sure. Um, Alexander Rossi was also in the news uh, over the weekend because he <laughs> had a comment on uh, what we saw, what we heard, how it went with the uh, new hybrid engine that was running last week at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, it's been interesting. I think um, you know you saw several of these, uh, uh, several of the teams getting to test. Uh, you know, the hybrid system for the first time. We obviously saw Marcus Erickson in the Andretti Autosport car for the first time. Uh, Colton Herta was out there as well. Uh, Alex Below, Scott Dixon, Will Power. Um, you know, several, several folks getting to getting to drive. Uh, you also saw, uh, and which which I think was cool, but McLaren was was running all their drivers through the through the car. I, I don't know if Pato was there because I think he was doing a seat fit for the Formula One car, but uh, but David Malukas got to get in the car as well, which again, testing is so important. This testing that these guys get to do, and particularly, this is very much like, you know, there's always a phrase, the rich get richer. Well, if you're successful in racing, you're only going to be more successful and you're only going to get more opportunities to drive. Um, but when you look at how much testing Will Power has done, how much testing Scott Dixon has done, Alex Below, they are so many miles ahead of the rest of the field already when it comes to experience and the new package, all this stuff. It, it, it's it's Racing will, you know, racing will never be fair that's just what it is but uh but it's just you know what you gotta you gotta be the best to to get the best stuff so uh you know you gotta respect that um and and those guys are putting in a ton of work for the series as a whole you know they're i i will say more drivers got in at the indie test than i expected to see so that's good they're trying to spread that out a little bit which i i actually really love uh for the rest of the year for the sake of the series and for everyone um but yeah there, there's some interesting obviously you know, for for those who don't necessarily know the 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 hybrid power system, you know, it's very much, you know, when we when we look at Formula One cars and and doing their laps, right? You got to charge up your energy. You know, it used to be curs, like, hey, we're going to deploy curs power, all that stuff. You know, yep. it's like a boost of power. You know, you got you got to charge it to then use it. And when you think of that at an oval like Indy, you know, you're trying to be flat out the whole time. So you know, you're trying to put together, like, well, where do I charge it? How do look what? So again, I, I don't I don't pretend to know the inner details of it yet because obviously I'm unemployed uh, and and I don't I don't know anything about what's going on yet. But I obviously have offline conversations with the drivers that are you know driving and um, you know it, it, it's going to change some things for sure for the way you know for the way you get power out of your qualifying runs um, you know at the Indy 500. Uh, it's going to change uh, you know the, the way you use the brakes basically every every road and street course. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different things that are that are going to be different and that drivers are going to have to adjust to, which I think is exciting. Um, I, I think there are going to be many things that, as the season goes, the, the manufacturers will figure out. Uh, you know, the more and more mileage you do on these things, the more and more, uh, you know, experience you get and the, and the more fine-tuning you get. Because think of how many years we've had this engine. This engine has been around a long time. The, the Chevy and Honda package has been around a long time. But every year we are doing more and more with this engine to make it faster or to figure some things out to make it more efficient, the drivability better. So, you know, this is just stage one. 
Um, but like Alex had a couple funny headlines, I would say, and and it looks like the article has actually been changed since I sent it to him because ah. I I, he, I showed him the article and it was it was a WTHR Channel 13 local media year article. Um, oh, WTHR, watch out! WTHR, they they uh, they put up a, a quote that said. I just don't think it's that fast or, or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's, f- oh yeah. yeah. It, it's still the same on their Facebook. It's certainly not fast was the quote, which, which is very, that's, I'm sure that's not like the greatest headline to have, but, ah, but this isn't coming from me. This is coming from a Indy 500 champion. So it's, you know, t- to read a, a more of the quote directly, you know, that's one of the drivers had said, I believe it was Alex, I think you'll see more of an impact in group running by in group running than when you're just driving around flat out by yourself. That's what Alex Rossi said, uh, which of course is interesting, right? So think of, you know, there there were some generalities said like, look, if you're if you're not deploying the electrical power, right? If you're not deploying that hybrid power, uh, you could do a certain lap time, right? But to charge that electric power, you have to give up something, and then so what what do you gain by then deploying that power? So there might actually be some really interesting, you know, overtaking and not overtaking, but but by, you know, when cars are just charging and recharging or recharging and deploying the power. So again, there'll be a lot of new terms that people are going to have to get used to. I think there's, um, I, I think it could be good. I, I really hope it's good. Um, but, you know, what if you think of an efficiency of, you know, when you have to charge the system, how much speed does that take away from a full flat out lap? Well, shoot, if that's, you know, we're looking for a half mile an hour to a mile an hour, maybe even a quarter of a mile an hour at the Indy 500. What if you lose a mile an hour per lap on a four lap run to then get two and a half miles an hour or three miles an hour total at the fourth lap? You know, what? when do you choose or do you choose to deploy all that power right on the very first lap and then yeah. be losing power? Again, it's a very interesting way to think about it. Um, but uh, I'm glad they're doing the testing. I, I respect them for doing that. I really hope more and more teams uh, get the opportunity to to run it. Uh, you know, some of the smaller teams. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly see what happens. But it was great to see cars at IMS. Weather was great. A lot of, uh, you know, Kyle Larson, story of the day, you know what I mean? Doing 217, I believe, was his fastest lap, almost 218. Uh, got through rookie orientation. No one had any dramas in rookie orientation, which was good. Um, other than I think Linus Lindquist had like a tire failure or something like that. That was wild or some sort of failure. Um, but yeah, good to see cars at IMS. Huh, Joey, I, th- I thought that was all right. Experience the thrill of the racetrack like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite racers and feel the rush of every overtake, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly and in bonus bets. Bet five on anything to score big, no matter what goes down on the track. The action is going to heat up as the drivers take on Homestead Miami Speedway. Could a playoff driver secure the win, or will another look to play spoiler? With so much on the line, tune in to Dirty Mode Doe as they handicap the field and recommend bets to wash. The racing action doesn't stop till the checkered flag drops. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code SPEED. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly and bonus bets. That's code SPEED, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario see dkng.co slash auto racing for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply yeah absolutely man i was bummed because i couldn't be there um because the weather did look beautiful and you know fall time to be able to go out there we're so used to it being uh, the, the early spring, late spring, obviously we're out there and it's getting warmer, but to have that kind of chill in the air would have been cool to be, to, to be out there. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think we, like you mentioned with Kyle Larson doing 217, I mean, at that point, he's really just there to just make sure no disasters happen, right? Like, yeah. get in the car, spin laps, you know, figure things out. Oh, it's, it's not like this is anywhere close to what we're probably going to see unless you listen to Alex Rossi and believe what he's huh. saying. <laughs> uh, that that's not going to be anywhere close to what we're going to see come uh, April, May uh, next year, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kyle has 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 no need to go out there and set the world on fire yet. He's obviously fighting for a championship still in the NASCAR Cup Series as well. Um, but hey, that the rookie orientation is purely just for hey, we're going to get some laps under our belt. Uh, obviously, we know what speed that is. If you followed the Indy Five, like that's obviously hey, we're not going fast yet. And that's fine. He doesn't need to go fast yet. Kyle Kyle knows what he's doing. He gets a feel for it. If you're doing laps at two seventeen, high two seventeen, I mean, you're probably not you're probably not flat yet. Maybe flat with with full full absolute maximum downforce. Um, but just getting a feel for it, right? Uh, you, you don't have qualifying power, so you're at the practice power, race power. Um, you know, you're at you're at everything on like, hey, we're just gonna get out here, get a feel for it. So. Uh, no need for any, any, uh, you know, any overreactions, you know, overreaction Wednesday or whatever we're doing here, but, uh, great to see him out there. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad he got to do the laps and enjoy it. Um, because Hey, he's, he, he's going to be a force to reckon with for sure. I, I believe next year, I, I truly believe he's going to be very good. He's going to be at the front. He's going to understand it. Um, but, uh, you know, this is my early prediction, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it was wild to, you know, it's, it, it, it had been talked about and it had been speculated about for so long you know about Kyle Larson coming over to run the Indy 500 and then to see him actually you know in the suit in the car uh, doing it it was just kind of surreal because for how long have we been like oh wow yeah like I remember a couple years ago at uh, BC 39 when when um he was running there and Roger Penske was out there saying, Oh yeah, maybe I'm looking for my next Indy 500 winner or something. And, and that was in like 2021. And people were like, Oh, he's talking about Larson. He's talking about Larson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and now here we are in 2023, uh, you know, watching him prepare to get ready to go on that journey for 2024. So overall it just felt cool to be like, wow, it actually is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be something that, there's a lot that he's still going to have to learn too, right? Because again, he, the car that he was driving did not have the hybrid technology unit in it, right? So there's going to be even more, you know, for, for us as drivers, there's going to be a lot more that we've got to get used to as well. A lot more different controls, a lot more, uh, you know, deploying things and charging things. And so Kyle's going to go from having really no adjustments in the cup car. There's, hey, if you're if you're doing stuff on the cup car on the oval, there's not a lot you can do, right? We're shifting and we're steering and you're, you're checking on things. There's, as someone who's, race a cup car on an oval like unless there was something that those other teams had that i didn't have which again i wouldn't be surprised about but there's not much you can do and there's gonna be a lot that he's gonna have to pay attention to but again professionals do that like kyle is a top level talent no matter who you are so 
Uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna get used to it. He's gonna he's, and McLaren's gonna give him everything he needs to be prepared, uh, which is awesome. So uh, a, a lot went on there. And again, wild minute by minute updates on the Twitter sphere. I don't know where I was, but basically every single time Kyle Larson did a lap, there was an update about it. So it was very easy to follow. So appreciate the appreciate all those folks doing that as well. So it was sure. uh, it was interesting for sure. All right, man. What do you want to get into next? Now we got uh, weekend podium. Now we're still out there. Uh, we still got our conversation with Daniel App that we want to get to. Um, anything else you want to touch on before those two things? Yeah, obviously the the NASCAR Vegas weekend I thought was a great race. Uh, I I enjoyed that a lot. Kyle Larson obviously won, uh, so gets out of an IndyCar straight into winning uh, in the Cup Series. But great, you know, great battle there. Yeah, uh, between him and Christopher Bell, I, I enjoyed watching that race again. I I think Las Vegas is a great oval track. I know it's it's got tough. It's a tough situation to 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 think about for IndyCar fans, but I still think it's a great oval racing track. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and and now it's U.S. Grand Prix week as well. So uh, you know, U.S. Grand Prix week, Austin Formula One race, Red Bull takes over Nashville Broadway, which is an IndyCar race. Uh, you know, massive crowd there, big big explosive activities for you know Red Bull and, and Nashville. Um, you know, I'm walking through New York City. Do, 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 do. Uh, boom! There's a giant Ferrari display, but at that the uh, at the vessel, that big art 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 structure in downtown New York City in Manhattan, and and uh, you know, I was like, oh, what's what's going on here? And and turns out, I was like, well, it is it is you know, it is U.S. Grand Prix week, and uh, yep. I actually got a message from Logan Sargent when he saw my story about that. He said, yeah, I'm actually here doing media, and so Logan Sargent was in New York City doing media, uh, friend of the show. Uh, Carlos Sainz is there, obviously, because I knew since Ferrari was there in such a presence, I knew something was going on. Uh, I didn't actually get to talk to Carlos. I tried to send him a message, um, but uh, but yeah, there, man, there. That when they come here, they 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 go big. And I, I, it's again, it's one of those things that I don't know if we should be racing this late into the season again. But it's like, man, I see so much going on with Formula One and NASCAR, and it's like it's so exciting. And I I just, I love having all this sport to follow. Like I love the NFL, right? I love it. I was even watching hockey last night, but, but like there's also motorsports. So like, it's just, I, 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 there, I would love to see an interest, you know, I, you don't want to have too many timelines soaked with too much sport, but man, it just seems like, you know, NASCAR is still getting 2 million viewers. Like, again, they were down a little bit, like down like 16% down something, but they're still getting 2.1 million viewers at their, you know, race weekend. I mean, shoot, that's not bad. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not a terrible thing on a football Sunday. You know what I mean? So I I well, I don't know. I I I think it's it's a shame to not be doing much. You know, the the testing that we were doing is exciting. Great coverage there. I wish to everything holy and and uh, that it was live streamed on a YouTube channel or something like that. Like just live stream and put one camera up, something like that. Again. That probably yep. takes a lot more than I'm thinking of, but why are we not doing that? Um, and and yeah, so that that's kind of where we're at right now. Big U.S. Grand Prix week down in Austin, Texas. I will not be going there uh, because I'll be working at the Las Vegas Formula One race weekend, doing the track commentary there for with Bob Varsha. Uh, so that'll be fun to do. Um, nice, but yeah, lot going on. Great NASCAR races, uh, Formula One week in America. There's a lot of U.S. motorsport hype right now and i just you know well it's good to see it's good to see but also a little bit sad you know when fringing on the tear i'm a little jealous i'm a little we? jealous yeah. where are we where are we, <laughs> where are we 
where do we, and when I say we, uh, you know, the IndyCar community, the the IndyCar series, where do we fit into that? And that's kind of the big question, like you just yeah. mentioned. But yeah, still exciting. Still a lot of good racing happening, which is always good uh, if you're a, a fan of this show, because uh, we love racing, obviously. Lots so, to talk about. A uh, lot to talk about, no doubt. Um, let's get into, before we uh, talk to Daniel, why don't we do weekend podium and then throw it to Daniel? Yes, we got a lot of great things from the weekend. A lot of great things to talk about from the weekend. It is some. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start out with, uh, on my podium this weekend, uh, P3. Uh, not traditional weddings is uh, P3 on my list. I cool. had a great time. I had a, it was I was laughing my face off. Also, I mean, I felt the love and emotion. I, I looked at Alex's eyes. I looked at Alex Rossi's eyes, and I saw tears in there. I saw, and I never wow. thought I would see that, but I saw they were in there. They were in there, and I saw his eyes. He had to blink a couple times, and uh, the the seeing that love, that's great. But also getting to laugh, a, a, a loving and laughing. The double L's, like that was that was a good thing. The circles, a lot of candles too. A lot of lights were great. Um, so I I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed uh, the the whole program. And hey. Violinists are awesome. Like when you got that awesome violin just doing the whatever the music is for the wedding, give me a good old fashioned violinist just playing the raw violin. And now that, that's those are bangers only when it comes to emotion. Bangers that's, only. Yeah. No doubt. Non-traditional <laughs> love it. Uh number three for me is gonna go to uh and, and this gentleman has been on the podium a few times here on this show. Uh, but number three is going to go to Pato Awards Confidence. Uh, <laughs> not that we need to be reminded of it, but uh, was sent over the weekend. He, uh, dropped I think I know what you're going to discuss here. <laughs> he, he dropped a comment under uh, someone by the name of Riley Reed. Uh, she's in the film industry. Um, he, dropped a, <laughs> he dropped a comment. Uh, on her Instagram post and just it was uh, not hers actually it was Daniel Max the the IndyCar fan he does the what would you what do you do for a living videos remember uh, but uh, it was that video I do know which one you're talking about because Daniel Max friend of mine follower he went to an IndyCar race so this is all IndyCar content okay <laughs> well there was under that and he dropped a go comment and so my buddy sent it to me he was like hey maybe you were looking at a Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift type situation, you know, maybe very similar. Yes, is, very to work his way into Miss Reed's uh, um, notifications, and so you know, I, I didn't put it past Pato because, like you've put on him on the podium multiple times, uh, he's a celebrity. He's very fit. He's very handsome. He has a lot of money. Why not? We love love. Why we not? love love here on this yeah. show? So good for Pato trying to find love uh, in in interesting places. So good, good for him. <laughs> Well put, well put. Um, <laughs> pro, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go P3 for me. Uh, cider donuts. Uh, I had my oh, first round of cider donuts oh, uh, man, this past fall. weekend, and I bought. Uh, I had a few at this at the orchard we were at, and then I had I bought another dozen to bring home, and I have I think one left. So and it's Wednesday. Love that. So yep. um, good. Having I it would with my be coffee. dead as a diabetic. I would be dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful uh, to keep all my blood sugar. Um, uh, <laughs> deals on their own without any assistance. So yeah, maybe that'll change in the future. Who knows? Hopefully not. I love that. That yep. sounds amazing. It is fall. I even had like a, 
I had like a pumpkin spice uh, banana cream pudding or something in New York City from some vanilla or magnolia bakery or something like that. It was absurd. It was delicious. I don't even like pumpkins. I don't even like any of that stuff. It was great. So I, I'm full in on fall flavored activities. Um, P2 for me, uh, this is actually very New York related again. Actually, all three of mine are almost New York related. Uh, <laughs> the Phuket Hotel. It sounds it, it sounds interesting if you're an American, but the Phuket yeah. Hotel is a great hotel. I, they 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 housed Amy and I, uh, Todd Alt as well, my longtime uh, supporter, friend of mine. Uh, we we had a great meeting there as well, uh, uh, just two nights ago. So all is looking great for the future of of racing as well, and the support that we've got from them. Uh, but great, what an incredible place, very French. But they treated us incredibly. We had wonderful food there. Uh, and uh, and you can also watch Tom and Jerry late at night. They have uh, old cartoon channels. So uh, there's lots lots going on there. Great place. Uh, if you want an incredible experience in New York City, the Phuket Hotel, that place. Oh, play, so, that play has this speakeasy that could, you know, that, that speakeasy there would, that's, that's, a, that's a spot. So if I gave them a call or anybody gives them a call, we just ask for the daily deal. And, and yes, the, for the daily deal. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Todd Alt was part of the uh, the the building of that hotel, so it, it, he's uh, you know it, it was really cool, cool to be there what with is. him. And again, everything is alive and well for next year. We just don't know what it is. And uh, but hey, great relationship with Bitnile, Bitnile.com, Todd Alt, all those guys. Everything's moving the right way. Oh, that's very exciting, man. Love to hear that. Yes. Uh, cool. Uh, P two for me. It's going to go to, uh, we've also mentioned him on this show already. Uh, it's going to go to Marco Andretti. Um, because there you go. Of course, I Marco saw went, this. I like this. Yeah, because of course, uh, Marco uh, has six degrees of separation to everybody in the entire <laughs> world. Uh, I get a text from him that says, uh, got Dion to repost your video. Um, so Dion, primetime, Coach Prime, he did in fact repost. Boom. Um, so shout out to Marco, whatever he had to do. I don't know if he sent him a text. I don't even know how he knows Deion Sanders, but I do know that he's Marco Andretti. So he knows everybody. Uh, so nice little P2 shout out to Marco for, you know, getting my work in front of coach prime. I love that. Yeah. And it was also a good, cause D Dion did the, uh, the repost of Marco's repost of you. And then Marco did the quadruple repost. And so yeah. it was like, now we're in, now we're in quad space of, reposting of the reposting but it was that that meant that it was four times the video of you <laughs> it was marco multiverse yeah yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was in the marco multiverse yeah so shout out that to was him. a good one that was a good one and honestly great work by you too because that was thank you. i couldn't have been more spot on <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> yeah the, the coach prime stuff is always fun to see see if they uh can actually turn their season around i don't know energy they're, they're energy looking cold. Yeah. they're looking cold but it's okay yeah um, yeah. yeah we're still having fun with it though yeah, 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 that's the important yeah. thing. That's the important thing. Uh, P2 for me, I'm going with the the Braun F1 uh, GP documentary that's coming oh, out. Oh, yes. Um, on Disney Plus. Another I mean, F1 show. Yeah. On Disney uh, Plus one? Yeah. Yeah. For everywhere. Getting, yeah, Keanu Reeves and Jensen Button are going to be like the main, uh, I guess, storytellers of that, which I'm looking forward to. So that's going to be pretty cool because that was such a cool um uh, deal that went on in 2009 so i'm looking forward to that i think like november 15th ish or something that's coming out so well, i will watch it yes i will watch it i remember it i remember the time very well ben how old were you in 2009 um do you want to know yes i do uh, eight years old 
Nice. See, yeah. yeah. I was watching that F1 a, as an eight-year-old, though. Watching F1 as an yeah, eight-year-old. I, I love it. I was, yes. <laughs> so, love to see it. Um, I love that. Yeah, that'll be a great show. Honestly, what a, what a year in Formula 1 that was. That'd be crazy. Hopefully, Andretti can repeat that when they get in first year, boom, victory. Who knows? Um, P1, for me, is an elite athlete of a human being. Um, and this is also a, a, you know, this is a fellow podcaster a fellow IndyCar podcaster, Tim Durham, Tim Durham Jr., part of the Hinch and Rossi podcast. Uh, Tim can fall asleep holding a drink at a wedding for almost minutes to hours at a time and and not and and just could and wake up and be right back in the game. And he will he will fall asleep in a chair holding a drink and not let it fall. And then when he is awoken, right back to getting into that drink again. So again, I find it hard to fall asleep unless I'm, you know, like fully relaxed. Tim can fall asleep holding a cocktail. There are great videos and photographs of him uh, doing this, but just gotta gotta respect his athleticism, uh, his dedication to the night uh, by just being able to fall asleep on command multiple times this weekend while holding a cocktail and then be awoken and just get right back into it and suggest that everyone goes to a karaoke bar. So, it, you know, very, very, just very respectable abilities and, you know, off track with Hinch and Rossi is in great hands. <laughs> yes. Tim, uh, love Tim. He is a well-documented uh, consumer of beverages and uh, he, he, he does it well, obviously, like you just mentioned. So good for him. You know that someone's having a great time when they fall asleep because they're having such a good time. It sounds backwards, but <laughs> they have a drink in their hand. It's just a pit that. stop. It's just a pit right. stop. Exactly. Yeah. Better save mode. All right. Uh, my P1 is going to go right. to uh, the Washington-Oregon game over the weekend uh, because, Connor, I know you're busy with wedding stuff, but yes. holy. I mean, a game of the year, I think, definitely so far in college football. Lived up to all the hype. They had game day there. You had Herb Street and Fowler on the call. Number seven versus number eight. You know, it is all. You know, very rarely do we have those kind of games that live up to all the hype and the the expectations around it. And this one did, and then some. I mean, comes down to a, a last second field goal that Oregon misses at the gun for Washington to win. Michael Penix, uh, my dog, he puts on an absolute hell of a performance. Heisman favorite. Um, and man, just that was college football to a T. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I didn't have a rooting interest. I mean, I did. I, the only rooting interest I had was the points. I wanted the over, and that did hit. <laughs> Hammer the over. I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. It was like it was one of my favorite teams. Had no rooting interest. That's how good of a game it was. That's how dramatic it was. So, uh, big shout out to I. I forget what they call it. The Apple Cup or something. Um, Washington, Oregon. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Definitely made my Saturday. Got to go with that, P1. I love that. It's good. Yeah, yeah, for me, that's yeah. good because um, that could be one of the quarterbacks the Vikings maybe try to land in the future, so that helps uh, decide Whoa. if even Bo Nix would be in the conversation. So I don't know. Yeah, do you Caleb. think, hey, do you, do you see the report about Caleb Williams wanting equity in a team? Yeah, yeah. I think they the said Vikings that, would dish it out? Uh, I, probably not. The problem is, is they're going to – Look into quarterbacks, and then they're going to draft like a edge rusher from I don't know Mizzou or something. That's, that's usually what they do. It, that or like a cornerback that's going to get hurt after like a second or third year, and then trade him. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, not a lot of hope, but um, actually that has to do with my P1 because uh, it's the Minnesota Viking trade rumor mill is just all over the place. Uh, Reddit is one place I go to look at that and some of the um, different Vikings Twitter pages. It's um, it's wild, and like I said, it's going to be one of those things where we might get Caleb, we might you know talk about getting a quarterback, but then we're just going to draft some defensive guy that's probably not going to be on the roster in two years. So um, I don't know where to feel with the Vikings right now. It's what? a tough scene for them. It is. What's the mill? What's the mill looking like? What are they saying? Uh, Daniil Hunter, I mean, he's playing well. Um, they're trying to see if they can get any first-round picks for him. I've seen Ooh. that. Um, yeah, we got, uh, is it Dalton Risner or Reisner? Uh, they just picked him up. They're trying to see if he's good. We got Cam Akers that isn't really getting reps. Uh, Justin Jefferson's hurt. Um, I don't yep, know. I don't know. The tank, tank is on. The yeah, tank, the tank is could on. be on. The tank could be on. Um, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I don't see them... Uh, extending Kirk for anything big, so I think that's we've got be a lot big. of very we've got a lot of very average teams in the NFL right now. Don't trade him, right? And, and a lot of no. bad teams. No, I don't <laughs> think so. There are a lot of teams fighting for the first round pick, and yeah. there are a lot of like yeah. there are several bad teams that like sometimes play well, and then there are several teams that are like going to be at five hundred like for the whole season. It's wild. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the good thing for the Vikings is I think there is potential. They have, like, the number one uh, ranked turnovers or whatever. Like, they've had the most turnovers all season. One-score um, games. One-score right, games. One-score <laughs> games. But, like, we've beat the Bears and the Panthers, so we're not that bad. But, like, we kept it close to them where it's worrying. Man. That's so. great win, so Bears and curious. Panthers. What was your P1? <laughs> Rimmer Mill? Yeah, it's just interesting seeing the rumor mill. <laughs> okay, there you my, go. That's Big my entertainment. Guy. That's really the only thing I can uh, lean on for them right now. Got it. All right. Well, there you have it. All right, that's Weekend Podium. Good deal. Uh, how about we hop into our conversation with Daniel Apps? Let's do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, tremendous guest this week, a man who I've known for many years, uh, a man who uh, became a very good friend of mine when we were uh, young lads, uh, a man who really told me how to party, taught me how to party, <laughs> uh, but also uh, a man who was my teammate in a very, very competitive European motor racing series, uh, the GP3 series. We have a Formula E multi-race winner, uh, GP3 series race winner, uh, and really just now successful dude all across the internet, Daniel App. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. How are you doing this today in life? Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, first of all, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, a cool intro. Um, <laughs> reminds me of some some pretty good stories we had together. Um, yeah, life is life is good. A bit different to to the last time we saw us and to to when we were still or when I was still still racing, but enjoying it. And uh, yeah, hopefully we're gonna have a good time today. Good to see you guys and. Yeah, let's have some fun and yeah, maybe exactly. Party together. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've definitely done plenty of that, but in a respectable and responsible manner, of course, as usual. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about your racing career because obviously we met when we both had dreams of going to Formula One, right? Everyone's like, "Hey, we're going to Formula One." Um, and back in those days, I think we competed in a really, really good era, right? I talked a little bit about this with some other people on this show. Um, but when we were in the GP3 series and you went to GP2, 
I think when you went to GP2, I don't know if you had the most the, the most fair situation when you when you made the switch from being a race winner to then where you were in GP2, but like give everyone your thoughts on that era, like well, the the years that we came like 2012, 13, 14, those kind of eras of the GP3, GP2, which now F3, F2 obviously. Yeah. Um well, so before I went to to do GP3, I was doing uh, classic Formula Four. Um, won the championship in the second year, then went to German Formula Three. Um, was runner up in that championship with guys like I don't know Kevin Magnussen, for example, was racing that year, and some some guys that people might know. And uh, then GP3 was the first time for me being in the F1 paddock, so a completely new scenario. Actually, back then. It all came together because Toto Wolf was a was a friend of my dad, and um, obviously he was managing Valtteri Bottas, um, who had that seat the year before, and uh, yeah, he actually helped to get the connection to get into that team and uh, to to race in GP3, and it was I would say pretty exciting year. Uh, a lot of new tracks, obviously, when you're surrounded by F1, it feels just super exciting for for a young boy that or for the young kids i was always yeah. gonna say that we were and yeah i would say it was one of the coolest and and, and best years that i had i mean obviously uh we met up for me it was very hard to judge the the level of everyone i didn't know a lot of guys in that series i knew uh mitch evans has been highlighted as the season favorite beforehand but i didn't know him as well uh, Antonio Felix da Costa, I knew a bit. And uh, yeah, then I had this crazy American teammate and, <laughs> and, and this this Finnish teammate, uh, Aro Vainio. Uh, so the three of us at ART. And I would say it was a it was a pretty, pretty competitive year. Um, but I think we we did pretty pretty well also. I mean, it was 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 cool. My season kind of got better throughout the year um mine got worse yeah <laughs> yeah you you started much better than me yeah. you started much better than me weren't you on the podium in the first race already like in i barcelona, won barcelona oh uh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah I, did a, I, I did a jump start uh, yeah so <laughs> i was leading after turn one but, right. I yeah, yeah. I, but i did a jump start so uh that wasn't that wasn't too great um and yeah in the end i i remember we had this crazy crazy final race uh that i will never forget in monza me arriving i think as fourth in the in the championship um really just the outside chance of of still winning the, the this the season and then all of a sudden i won the first race mitch evans and da costa they both uh crashed they were p1 and p2 in the championship um and they didn't score any points and then it was really game on and i had to win the second race with reverse grid so i started p8 and i finished second <laughs> and missed oh. and i and i missed out by by two points in the championship but still that was a uh, yeah just an, a really cool year also I, like you said you know got to know i got to know a lot of cool cool people some drivers really became friends we had a good time um and then I made the switch to Chippy 2, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, what a uh, life. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it really changed from, you know, being invited by Williams to to check out the facility, go on the sim, and like, uh, we're interested. Maybe we do something together, this type of stuff. I mean, you know it as well. Uh, it all just fell apart because in Chippy 2, it was a real disaster. It was like the two worst years of my life. 
didn't didn't really put anything together from my side but i think it was a lot of components that played a part i think the team was not so sorted out it was i remember my engine was so bad i lost like plenty of times just driving in a straight and all this kind of stuff but yeah in the end still i think it was it was a cool time i really enjoyed it and obviously as it was the time when we were growing up it also kind of formed us as the people that we are today the drivers that we are today and i mean we definitely learned a lot yeah i mean it's I was... go ahead go ahead joy sorry no no no, no. this is not gonna be a follow-up on that so connor you yeah. followed up on that <laughs> i no, I, so to continue on that, it's amazing how life can change, right? Life goes in a completely different direction, but you end up in this great situation with Formula E, right? Like you were one of the very early, early drivers into Formula E. Formula E has become a very, very competitive championship, a competitive championship that, you know, drivers are going straight to Formula One from Formula E as well. We've seen that before. Um, a lot of the guys that you mentioned, DaCosta, Mitch Evans, very, very good drivers in Formula E. You know, your race winning in Formula E. Your family obviously is is involved in Formula E as well. Your dad, great dude, by the way. Yeah, Daniel's dad is a, is a he is a just a all time racing dude and just great guy. <laughs> uh, but how what was that transition like? And did you really enjoy being a part of that? Because that you know, being competitive, being in a good situation, but being in something new must have been difficult, like a, a new, completely new type of racing car. I mean, to be fair, at that time, my career was kind of at a at a stop because after two years of, of not really doing anything good in, in GP2, I was, of course, quite lost of where, with where to go or like, what should I do? I knew that Formula One was out of reach at that time. It was always going to be tough because during my time growing up there were seven german f1 drivers imagine oh, wow. so no yeah, yeah. there was oh. no one even asking for another german guy to be on that grid yeah. so um yeah after i didn't do well in, in in gp2 um obviously i i mean i got the chance to do some other stuff i did a bit of uh, one year of gt racing with uh, bentley uh, and uh, i also went to le mans and lmp1 um private team with rebellion at that time you see that trophy i just put oh, yeah. it there because uh, like i said already earlier these are <laughs> the, the few trophies i won <laughs> big lamar podium guy yeah being, yeah being on a, i mean we won the that's class. pretty it cool just, it was cool cool experience but still it was just like not really i didn't know where to go and then in that time i remember fred Vasseur, our our yep. team boss our boss and, and and now Ferrari Formula One team boss. So also he had a pretty good career, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that our? So, is that thanks to us? Maybe. I, no, no, no. We no we, one, we made no. him. We, we made him. <laughs> Did we make Fred Besser? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least at least we paid him. That's, yeah. That's pretty clear. <laughs> um, yeah, and at that time he actually approached uh, me and obviously also my dad and said, "Look, there's this new racing series coming up called Formula E." it's because he was at that time he was building the, the the chassis and all that stuff so he was involved and so he said look we need a we're looking for a german team and also german drivers would you guys be interested could be a good opportunity and then we said okay i mean there's good names behind it there's i don't know andretti and all these cool names that you know from racing and we said okay this might be an opportunity obviously the cars I don't know if, if they, we didn't even know if they would work or how electric racing works. I mean, no one had a clue back then, but we gave it a shot. And in, in the beginning, I mean, it was not the most exciting car I've driven in my life. That's that's pretty clear. But 
what what it was and what I really enjoyed, it was this feeling of being part of a startup, like a new racing series that everyone is trying to become bigger and, 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 and successful. And it was a completely different feeling to like these junior categories where people would always be fighting each other and, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to beat this guy. Of course, in the race itself, it was the same, but the surrounding was just the feeling of, okay, we are in this together. We want to make this big. We're going to have fun. Uh, and it was really cool. Like the first season, I will never forget. I mean, all of a sudden you race in, in places that seemed like totally out of reach. I mean, we were racing yeah. in Miami, for example, you know, like yeah. Long, Long Beach, uh, Beijing, uh, all these crazy places uh, all around the world. And I I actually, I really, really enjoyed it. And it actually gave me that feeling back of, okay, my racing career is not that. I, I, I have something that I enjoy again. I enjoy coming to, to the races and, and doing that. And therefore, I think it was... I, I maybe got a bit lucky, but I, I really think it was a, a good move and it, it helped me a lot. And a lot of people were laughing in the beginning. Also, a lot of drivers obviously said, okay, it's it's bullshit. What are you doing? And <laughs> and so on. But I mean, as the time uh, evolved, all the drivers all of a sudden wanted to be part of it. And uh, I was already in. So that was that was cool. And I, I think it was a, a good time. And yeah, I, do, I don't want to miss it. I really, I've seen a lot of the world through Formula E. It was, was cool. I love that. What are some of your favorite parts of the world that you've seen that's not your hometown? America? Do you like America at all? Oh, I, no, I hate America. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I actually, I actually, or people actually used to say that because I always said I love being in the US and uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like also I've done the best job always on the US tracks. Like my first podium was in Miami my first pole was Long Beach I was in Long, on the on the podium in Long Beach again so they were always saying ah whenever he comes to to the US he's he's pretty good but then I also got to see South America which I also didn't know much I mean we went to um uh, to Chile to Argentina uh Uruguay so a lot of South American uh, places and man I I, I just I, I loved it. I loved the, the spirit and 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 just seeing new cultures and new big racing race fans down there. And yeah, and and big race fans. I mean, especially uh, Mexicans are. Oh yeah, yeah. Just insane. I, I won <laughs> my 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 first ever Formula E race. I won was was Mexico, and it was just crazy because the podium would not be in the in the pit lane like in F one. It would be on a on a separate place on a stage that looks like a. I don't know, like like you're a superstar, rock star playing a concert now. And you go on, on that stage and there's 40,000 Mexican fans going nuts. And yeah. this, I mean, if if this happened in another country, I think it would not be the same. It would not be like this. And this this feeling is, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I really, really love being being there. Formula E did an awesome job. Now go ahead. In, in Connor's intro, he said that you were a man who taught him, uh, you know, not only the ways of uh, the roads, but also uh, how to have a good time. What did that entail? Because Connor is obviously <laughs> legendary here for having a good time. So, can you give us any of the secrets that you, uh, you know, bestowed upon him? I think when when Connor and I met, I mean, he was we were both very young, but he was. Yeah. I mean, he came from the States to race in Europe. He has a lot to 
a lot to win, but also a lot to lose. And I, I had the impression that he was not, I mean, I know how he's now and he's much more relaxed in, in his personality, but back then, of course, there was a lot of pressure and I think he was not as free and, you know, being who he is. Um, that is exactly then. right, by the way. <laughs> and 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 I think I maybe helped him in a few situations to be more like like he truly is. And I was maybe a bit more the type of guy that would say, "Come on, let's go out and and get some drinks and listen to from some hip hop songs and yeah. just go nuts." And um, I don't know. I don't think there was much I needed to teach him. It was more like letting him be himself, making him feel good to be himself. That's what I would what I would say. It's a good point. I mean, Love he it. is right. Those were tough years. I had a lot of pressure. I still put the pressure on myself now, but I definitely have become just, hey, you know what? Life is, we're here to enjoy life. We, we can still be professional athletes, do the best jobs that we can and be dedicated to our jobs, but also enjoy life a little bit, right? I mean, it's a, it's something that I think, you don't see a lot of that in the Formula One, like Paddock, but realistically, those guys are partying after every race anyway. You just try, they try to keep it on the down low, but you know, let's, uh, come on. Like everyone's got to enjoy life at some point. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And th th that part I have to say was also why I loved Formula E so much because other than other racing series in Formula E, there would be, or there has been an official after party after every race. And you would really see every one of every team at that party. So yeah. for, for example, Malaysia, second race, I think, or third race, uh we went to we went Kuala Lumpur for the after party and they rented a rooftop building with a big outside pool and so every team had like a dedicated table with drinks already there and you would see the team boss the mechanic the driver everyone there and after a few hours you could see I don't know one team boss with a uh like a water pistol filled with vodka <laughs> shooting another team boss and and some and some guys would be in the pool and there's like girls and it was it, it was just i mean i was early or 20 when when i started and seeing all that i was like holy shit this is this is the lifestyle i always needed <laughs> that's <laughs> so wild it was, it was just it was just really a lot of, it was racing but it was also fun and this you could enjoy your job yeah you exactly. could you could you could enjoy that you put everything on the line during the day, you focus, you you do the whole, you do all the work, right? But when yeah. work hours are over, work, it's no one's working anymore. We're, yeah. we're out here enjoying the effort that we put in, right? Exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's what I, what I always think is, is, it's just important. I mean, life's too short to be too serious and too, I don't know, too, uh, how do you say it? I don't know. I missed the word, but you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> just yeah, yeah, to be exactly. too boring, you know? So Exactly. Uh, yeah. It sounds a lot like Vegas. Are you going to the Formula One race in Vegas uh, coming up next month? I I probably should, but I, I I'll be there. I, I'm not. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm working some though. <laughs> yeah, working. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so th there's obviously there's a lot of this. There's a lot of IndyCar fans listening to this podcast, right? There's a uh, we we love to cover all motorsport though, but. Let I want to, you tested an IndyCar for Andretti Autosport, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, let people know. Did, what, were you close to maybe dipping your feet into the IndyCar world? Like, did did that? How how close was that situation? And 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 what did you think of the IndyCar when you got in it for the first time? I mean, I guess it all started because through Formula E, we, 
I got to meet Michael Andretti and the Andretti team and everyone and 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 we just spoke and I was still very young and although I enjoyed Formula E it was at that time I think it was 10 races a year and I felt like okay maybe there's something else I should also try or see or maybe Formula E is not going in the right direction could also be I mean it could have been dead after one year you never know so I was just trying to see to see options and then uh, Michael said look come over let's let's do a test and I more and more felt like okay this could actually be cool and I remember uh, Connor I mean we we both met to see uh, to see a race I mean I said okay I have to go I have to see an oval race I've never seen an oval race in my whole life um, I, I was to gonna get to that too. You you came to the Indy 500 in, in 2018, right? Yeah, yeah. But before that, uh, we went to Fontana. Remember? Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. an incredible race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, actually, Fontana it was... 2015, the last the last Fontana race. Yes. So so the thing is, oh my in, in Germany, in Germany, I would say IndyCar is mostly known for, or let's say it's. If it's on 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 like main TV, it's because a big crash happened, like on a yeah. on an oval. So my mom would say, "Ah, oh, you sure? Oval racing super super dangerous." And and I said, "Look, okay, it can be dangerous, of course, but I mean, it's it's just because you have the perception because it's just on TV. If something happens, you don't see the rest, you don't see how many races, whatever." So I went to Fontana. And it was we we drove to the track, Connor, Connor, and and myself, and man, what a and, weekend that was for many reasons. And, but we won't get and, all to that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and we said, and, and I said, okay, let's let's watch the practice. So we so I got on the spotter stand for the first time in my life. I'm there. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. Cars are, are driving was like night practice. So they just yeah. went out. I think it was ten minutes into the session, and then Aleshin had this massive crash you remember yes yes this really crazy massive crash that looked like a bump you went in the fence yeah yeah he was in the fence and then we went back in the paddock and all the drivers were super like in a really bad mood and they would say to me like i remember ryan hunter ray uh i met him also the first time and he was like dude better think twice and oh it's maybe not the right thing and everyone was like super depressed obviously and that was my first impression of IndyCar. Yeah. So I, I was like, my mom, my mom's right. My mom was right. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, I still, I, I still said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I st- I'm still gonna do all that, and then, yeah, did the, did the. But test. that race was awesome. That race was race, good. That race was yeah. good. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, I loved <laughs> the experience also, and and uh, I mean, it's it's different to to European racing, and and it just feels different and. I liked it. It was super cool experience, um, and I think after that came the test, which was at uh, Barber Motorsports Park. Um, what year was that? Was that was that sixteen or? I, I honestly, I I'm not sure. I think 2015 or 16 must have. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 16, 16 probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, end of 15 or 16, and yeah, arrived there. Uh, went to the sim beforehand in Indy. There was like this Dallara sim. Uh, got to do some laps there, and then uh, yeah, went went to the to the track, and it was tough. I have to say, it was. I, I first of all, it was a fast car, um, super fast, super cool to drive, but also extremely physical. Like Barber. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I think Barber is also one of the toughest tracks probably on, yep. on the calendar. <laughs> And after a full day of test uh, of testing, I remember on the last set of new tires, um, the two like the second last corner where the pit entry is, I got a I got a turn and snap oversteer, and I was just like my hands were already like I, I could hardly hold the steering wheel, so I just 
opened up and went into the pit lane and I drove through and everyone was staring at me like, what the fuck's this guy doing? He should be putting in a lap. And I just said, okay, don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to go again. Um, but, but yeah, I think it was, ah, and, and during lunchtime, I actually drank Dr. Pepper for the first time. And, oh. uh, and, and I, and I drank, I said, oh, they have some stuff in it. And it was actually a, a, a bee or uh, something. And it, it sting me. My, yeah, it sting me. Well, like a, how you say, a wasp? Yeah, wasp, yeah, a wasp. Yeah. yeah. And it actually stung me in my mouth. So my mouth was swollen <laughs> and, I was doing, <laughs> and I was doing that Indica test. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a cool experience. I think I've done pretty all right. I think timing time, timing was, was good. And I think there was, who was there? Some some drivers as a reference. But all in all, it was it was good. It was positive. Um, I liked it, but afterwards, basically, I mean, to get in at that time, there was no one saying, oh, we're going to put you in and pay you money. It was like, yeah, you have to bring a sponsor. And obviously the prices were super high and it was very tough to get a German company to really pay for it and, and, and yeah. see the value and stuff. We tried and in the beginning, I thought, okay, maybe I just do a few races and, and see how it's going and, and, and go on from there. But it never really that never really worked out but it was still it was just a i mean it was a cool experience first of all and then indy 500 also um yeah that was just a really good time i no i i want to get right into the indy 500 right so that the indy 500 that was your first experience coming to the indy 500 you had to come you, you brought the boys like it was it, and and for me, like that was like I had just one ride, like that I had one race, like I had just put that deal together. Like we barely made the field. It was a small team, small operation, but like we made it. That was 2018, my first year with the Air Force. But what was your impressions of the Indy 500? Like that was when, I mean that that was a great year. It was a great like what a time. Like tell people what you thought of it. Like because this is these we got a lot of great IndyCar fans listening to this, but also fans of motorsport in general, and like that. I love hearing what people think for their first time coming to the race. Um, I think the first thing we did was actually before the race, we went to to see the the museum and everything, you know. Yes. And I think coming to the track for the first time, you're just super impressed by how big it is and the facility and just how it looks. And of course, it has this heritage that gives you this this feeling when you enter. So but I was I was super excited. Um Obviously, it helped a lot to to know you and to get all the access to the to the right places. So I got to see everything, uh, which was which was super cool. And yeah, I think all in all, it was it was better than I expected it. Actually, I, I expected it to be good, but it was such a cool experience. The people were so excited, so crowded. The feeling before the start, also being on that grid, and you have. I don't know. I think there was this this milit this huge military plane, I don't know the name, but it was like flying yeah. over, and then you have the national anthem, and I mean all this stuff that you crazy Americans always do. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. Where yeah. are my guns? Um, yeah. <laughs> and no, and it's um, and what about the snake pit that morning? Do we remember? We have good memories oh, from the snake pit. Exactly, ah. we were on stage actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I literally brought the Daniel's first time ever at the snake pit. And I'm like, let's just all go on the stage and spray champagne <laughs> at people. And it was a great time. Like, can you imagine that? Your first Indy 500 and you just 
walk up on stage before Diplo and we're spraying champagne at people. It was a great time. Yeah, it was that was actually a good time. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was, now it that was I think impressive. Of it. it was really yeah, impressive. No. And yeah. I was perusing um I was perusing your Instagram and I saw that uh in August you were doing the zero gravity with your dad. Oh yeah, yeah. I like, this is awesome. Now I, I, I wanted to know if you because Connor says that he would one hundred percent go to space right now. After experiencing the zero gravity, would you go to space? Did that change your opinion at all or are you staying earthbound? Well, I think you have to separate it a bit. First of all, zero gravity, the experience, super cool. I highly recommend it because, I mean, I think that's the only thing that you've probably never felt before in your life. I mean, we've felt, I don't know how what it feels like if something's hot or cold or if you're driving fast or if you're flying. I mean, all this type of <laughs> stuff. But but having zero gravity is is different. And I, I, I thought it would be a bit more crazy like a more crazy feeling on your body actually on the body it doesn't do anything it feels like everything's normal it's just it just isn't and uh, obviously sharing it with my dad was 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 cool because to do that together you will you will never forget and um you simulate uh, going to the moon where you have a bit of gravity and then mars and, and and all this stuff and it's it's super cool it feels it feels incredible and doing that i i can if if somebody has the chance to do it uh, go for it going to space though it depends on how i mean i, I would wait for connor and some others to go first <laughs> you know, okay. see how that goes He's the yeah, official. yeah, That's yeah. see how that goes and if after i don't know because i mean there's been people that wanted to go to the titanic and you know sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes there's just stuff <laughs> that <didn't> go great <laughs> yeah sometimes there's just stuff that maybe maybe you should wait a little or maybe make sure that the technology is, is the right one and um yeah so i mean if it's safe if if you feel like it's safe and the technology is good i would go of course because i think seeing the earth from the outside that feeling is must be it must be insane but yeah i i, I would really make sure that that i'm safe round so or flat now, round or flat round or flat <laughs> round, round. Okay. there you go well, we nailed it <laughs> so now like now life is a bit different right so now you are not racing anymore. You are essentially a a a, a media superstar, but also I would say a uh, large uh, large German celebrity. Uh, because I have no idea what you're saying on any of your social media channels, but I follow <laughs> you all the time. Um, but what like you have done an amazing job in the automotive space, right? People love cool cars. You love cool cars. Your family's been involved in the car business, like particularly with Audi for a long time, right? Yeah. And what what's that been? Has it been enjoyable to create this level of content, to do the YouTube stuff, Instagram stuff, like to, you know, you you even got you were involved in some wild meme that like spread across the internet about some girl in a car, and and it was that I was like, wait a second, that's Daniel. Like this, this is like what no, the fuck, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like what, what's that been in what's have you enjoyed that part this part of life? Um yes. And actually it started while I was still racing. I just always felt like, you know, especially in the in the lower series, I always felt like, okay, maybe people don't really see how racing drivers really are or what, what is happening behind the scenes. And basically what Netflix did now, uh, I always felt yeah. like someone needs to do that. 
And at that time, there was nothing in Formula One paddock. You weren't even allowed to take a selfie at yeah. that time and, and post it. Imagine, like, so stupid. It's insane. And, and so I, I decided, okay, I'm going to start my YouTube channel and just buy myself a camera and 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 just document a bit of what I'm doing. And uh, because I've always got, like, I always got probably more props for being on camera than driving or racing cars. So I felt like maybe I should, maybe I should do something about it and started this YouTube channel. And it just, I think it just grew over time that I started with racing. Then I said, okay, we have this, we have a big uh, company, which is tuning Audi cars. We have a lot of content here that is available. Let's also try that. How people like that uh, also market our, uh, what we do here and, and also get, give them more insight into, into us as a company. And it just really grew, like grew over the years and, you know, became the first 10,000 subscribers after six months when I was super excited. And then, yeah, it just, I don't know, it just grows and gets more. And then all of a sudden I felt like, okay, maybe I need someone that helps me a bit with the content stuff because I'm not a camera guy. I just try my best yeah. and, and, and check a lot of tutorials. So then I hired my first person and it just became more and more. And now here in the office um we are a team of of uh, seven seven people working just on that wow um seven people you uh, you you literally hired yeah. that's incredible good for you yeah yeah like just just like just from that part i mean there's other stuff that i'm doing but and 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 that grew while i was racing so i always had that and there were people that really liked that i did a lot of content and social media on the side but also people that didn't like it you know like saying oh you're not focused enough and, and this type of stuff but for me it was just i was enjoying it i thought it would help everyone and it would just be cool to to do that and what it also did it gave me a or it opened me a a, a second like let's say a second profession that i maybe have if i stop racing so when my racing career ended which was a big i don't know if it was big in the us but at least here in europe it was a big uh a big thing. Um, yep, I remember. When, yeah, when I got <laughs> when I got fired by Audi during the the COVID time, um, I was I was prepared for life after racing, and and I always and I actually actually even without that I would have pro well my plan was to end race my racing career that year a bit different than how it happened, but um, yeah I just felt like there's other stuff that I that I really enjoy that I want to do, and uh, that's that's why I did that and it. Uh, you know, and then there's obviously also new opportunities that came up. I mean, I'm doing the German TV for Formula E, so I'm still at the races. I'm still there uh, just from the TV side because I, I know everything about it. I, I, I've done it for six years and I can just also add and, and add value to, to, to make it more popular and maybe, you know, uh, make it more exciting. And then, of course, also there's the there's the let's say the big company that my dad has built over <laughs> the past thirty years, and uh, yeah, I also felt like okay, now I've done my stuff and I've always uh, yeah not been so much part of it here, and now I feel like okay, I want to really do more, also add up and 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 try to 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 build the brand to make it bigger and also to um, market our products. I mean, now I have a platform where I can. Where I can reach a lot of people and and market what we do and um, it's 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 quite crazy because other companies they pay a lot of money for for reach or to have people and actually we we have a big team that can that creates content that has the reach and makes money so it's yeah it's it's a, it's a win win that's and, nice and I'm actually I'm actually enjoying it.
but I still sometimes I I do miss racing. Not gonna lie, like like on the race day, I I miss the race day, but I don't miss being in the I don't know three days before the in race the trenches, in the yeah, yeah, or whatever, <laughs> and or yeah, or sitting somewhere and and waiting for the next session and this type of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I, I I find this whole world that we're in now, like the YouTube space, the Instagram, like it, it, it's amazing to where we've where we've gone, right? Like we, because again, we we had these personalities. Now you can put your personality on display. You can be who you are and enjoy like talking about racing cars. And again, like very like very German based, right? Like you got you have a like everything you do is in German because of course yeah. that's you know that's your home country, right? How, yeah. Do you do much? Like have you? I, I guess what's the motivation to is there motivation to do like or have I missed like are there are there videos that you're doing hey we're gonna do this for an English based audience too or is it like hey we're sticking to the German field and like that's like that's where we're where we're strongest no I mean actually I was just it's curious because like no, it's, it's I, a good question yeah, it's yeah. A, no it, it makes it makes total sense because I mean our our company our car company we are we are international i mean we are yeah. in in let's say 50 countries all over the world you can buy our cars um we are also in the us we are in in, in different places and um therefore it, it's it's not as it's not really great that i'm doing it in german the thing is i started in german because obviously to film your daily life and to to do all of that of course if you do it in english it feels weird to the people around you because why would i talk to them in english then they feel uncomfortable plus I, I can express myself probably a lot better if I do it in German than than in English. And I don't have to think so much about, I don't know, do I say it right or pronounce it right? Whatever. Yeah. So that was that was why I started it. And then when you when you build that German audience, you cannot you cannot change and all of a sudden say, look, I'm doing it in, in English now, because then they will be like, what's happening? We don't want to watch. Yeah. Who is this so, guy? Yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. What I did do this year though is whenever we had like a, a car launch from 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 Apt, I used the, the Apt YouTube channel and I basically reproduced the same video and did it in English. The okay, best I nice. can. I mean I'm not a I'm I'm, I'm still a German good. guy you're, speaking. You're doing English, just fine. <laughs> but uh but yeah I I, I did that and I, I think I, I actually want to do it also more for the for the future because it just helps to also reach new markets, different markets, and uh, it makes total sense to do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm happy for you, man. I mean, you got a you have a Lamborghini. I don't. I'm very, very jealous. I think you're doing everything the I, right way. I sold way. it. I sold it. The oh, okay. Well, that's also probably smart too. <laughs> <laughs> but I have one more question for you, and this is this is going to be an interesting one because you know a lot about racing. You do TV for Formula E. We like as an indie car. I'm an indie car driver, sort of. I will not, maybe not as much anymore. But uh, what do you think is the next step for indie car? As someone who knows motorsport and like the success that Formula One has had, the success that Formula E has had, do you see a, the, a a way or something to offer indie car for advice to like just continue to grow? Like this year, indie car they did grow a lot here in the states. There, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of drivers, a lot of races. Is there is there one thing or another or a group of things that you think, hey, IndyCar needs to focus on this to maybe expand? And again, I'm not talking like, hey, we need to go race in Europe. Maybe that is the case. But what do you think from from an onlooker that says, hey, maybe IndyCar could do this, that, or whatever to be just to to elevate itself to a, a higher level? 
Um, well, there, well, there's a bit the case if I take NFL for example. Um, I mean, okay, NFL is 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 big. Uh, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, but 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 NFL, what they are doing now here, they they really try to 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 get that European audience. So they ha they have good TV deals with European uh, TV channels now that actually over the years build up the product. In the beginning, NFL here or football in general was really a niche, but it became bigger and bigger. Over the last three years, first of all, because it was on a good TV channel and they just were very passionate and tried to really make that product uh, likable by more people that are not maybe into football um, already. So they're doing that. Now they are coming to Germany also and doing games. Like, for example, last last year yep. it was in Munich, was an NFL game. This year there's two more. So there's... They're doing I think it's this of, weekend, isn't it? Isn't the German game this weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two weeks, maybe. Yes, yeah, so sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's the, I, I think if you if you want an international audience to grow, you need to have the right partners that are that are dedicated, and you have to maybe say, look, we give us our product, we give you our product for free. Maybe let's say, look, take Indica, it's for free. Please show it on TV, and and help make it grow. Because what a lot what I've seen also with Formula E, they were doing one season, and then they were like, oh no, we need a lot of money because. We are Formula E, and then obviously no one wants to pay it, and then you end up being on a on a shitty uh, channel, and no one watches, and then it doesn't grow. I think in the beginning you have to say, look, now take it for free, make it big, and then you can still negotiate. But first of all, you need reach, and then, I mean, what we've seen with Formula One, the biggest gain Formula One probably has ever had is through the Netflix series. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. So. What have they done? They've taken a product that has been there for ages and they made it accessible by not focusing just on the racing, but focusing on the people and the stories behind it. And this is for me the number one topic that any racing series has not yet fully understood, uh, in my opinion, apart from Formula One, where they've really gone from we don't show anything to we show everything and we're going to make memes of our drivers and we're going to make it funny <laughs> and we have fights and all this type of stuff. I think you need cool people in the paddock that show other people what's going on and you need to show everything and it needs to be accessible and there needs to be story be stories behind it. And, and I think only by doing that, if people enjoy you, follow you, they will watch, they will watch the race regardless of if they've, watched maybe not watched it before because maybe they were not so interested but now they're interested in you they want to see what you do if you do well they're rooting for you they have a completely different connection to what's happening on tv and i think that's that's the key and therefore i still see a social media as a really powerful tool to to help uh, a series grow you know or also like i don't know let's push it another level you go to I don't know, Amazon Prime or Netflix or whoever, and you say, look, we give you, I don't know, 10% or 5% or whatever of the series. Yeah. Ownership, yeah. Ownership. And now you make a documentary, you make it big. Your What you get, your value will- it's Actually interesting, will, yeah. Will, will, will double up. You can make, you, you can participate in the growth that you create. Like an investment. Everyone, like an investment, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, because, I mean, Netflix- doubled or tripled the price of i don't know of formula one and every formula one team if they oh, yeah. in the first place would have invested and said look now we have our money and then now we make it big they would have made so much money out of it 
And therefore, I think that's actually a pretty interesting business case. Get the right people, say, look, you get a little bit of investment, and now let's let's fucking go to the moon together. Yeah. That's that, a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it is fascinating because again, we're we're kind of like we we took a step forward, right? We go we we gain, I would say, several hundred thousand viewers overall. It's great. But like you want to be, I think Formula One drivers are honestly some of the most famous human beings on the planet right now. I think over, yeah. even over football players, soccer players, or like yeah. when it comes to worldwide, because Formula One is a world championship. And like, again, soccer, massive in Europe, football, well, European football, massive in Europe, South America, Brazil, whatever, but it didn't, it hasn't got America yet. And America, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a small part of the entire world. But like, there's a ton of people here, right? And now yeah. F1 drivers are like so famous here, and that that's, I mean, it, it's it's incredible what it has done. And yeah. I and now you have three races. I mean, imagine, yeah. That. And I mean, all it's this just, stuff it's is just, happening. They're printing money, so yeah. I, I I completely agree with you. Hopefully, we could, you know, I'm I'm excited for IndyCar's future. I don't know where it's going, but I, I'm excited for it. Um, I appreciate it, man. Thank. This has been an awesome conversation. Uh, real quick, top uh, top party moment of us of all time. Maybe what was our what was our favorite moment? Was it after uh, Monza twenty twelve? Was it uh, Vegas? Was it was it California that Fontana? We, well, let's give a, a a top moment of uh, of our celebrations of life together. <laughs> was it Indy five hundred twenty eighteen? Do you have one in your in your head right now? Um, I, I mean, I I I was showing my girlfriend pictures of twenty twelve Monza the other day. And there's Me some too, very funny the, photographs. We have these pictures with this with the with the bottles. champagne bottles. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the first time I ever bought a, a bottle like this, and yeah. I was I was scared and excited at the same time. So I would say that was hoping that was the credit big... card would work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. I, I would take that because we also have good pictures of that night. So yeah, <laughs> man, we had a great time in life, Daniel. I appreciate you, man. It's uh, great to talk to you again. Uh, super pumped for your success. Anytime I see a cool Thanks, car man. on the Instagram, I know it belongs to you or you're driving it at some point. So I, I respect what you got going on. And Thanks, uh, and I do plan on getting over there at some point for Oktoberfest. I, I want to go to Germany. I got to get over there and hang out. If you like the, the easiest thing for me to do is give you the best time of your life at Oktoberfest. We can open every door. That's, that's, every that's door. close to where I live. That's close to where I live. And yeah, Corinna Kopf was here with with my, you know, Corinna Kopf. I've heard of her. Yeah, we've heard of her on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was she was here with this Logan Paul guy and a friend of oh, mine. Oh, this Logan Paul guy. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, sorry, sorry, the friend of not Logan Paul himself, but his friend uh, Mike, Big Mike, I think it's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were they were around here. So yeah, come over. You're nice. more than welcome. My girlfriend's never been to Germany, and she needs to go. So we're, we're we got to make this a trip, and we gotta we gotta do it right. That's, that's Thanks, nice, Daniel. Man. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so thank you much, dude. Enjoy hey, everything. Thanks to Daniel for uh, for jumping on with us there. Uh, honestly, really enjoyed talking with him. He 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 really uh, you know is and uh, you know was a a very uh, helpful just friend of mine. Uh, and again, sometimes a German you know Germans can be tough. They're very straight to the point. But uh, you know Daniel was uh, was was a great friend of mine. He kind of. Taught me that hey, I can I can be you know we were all winning races that year. I think all three of us at that team and at ART in 2012 won races. Uh, we were on the podium several times, uh, so all of us were 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 able to find success, but also still be teammates. Um, and 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 then yeah, to to see where he's gone with his life, I mean man, he's he's killing it. So 
Uh, great conversation with him. And 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 honestly, he's a guy that I wish that again. You we live in Europe for years. I love lived in Europe for years, but uh, he's a guy who I wish I could hang out with, have a have a have a cold beer with. Uh, you know, on, on a more regular basis. Great dude. Well, it sounds like you're going to be having a lot of them until you hit to Oktoberfest. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? I, I got yeah. I got I do I do want to give that a shot. That does seem like a lot of fun. Uh, basically, <laughs> that's the guy to go with. Absolutely. So appreciate his time. Appreciate his insight. Thought that was a really interesting idea about the IndyCar series itself. Um, going out and saying, "Hey, we get that maybe up front, Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever that." We're just kind of a small operation on your scale, but if you want Caleb Williams style, you know, ten percent equity and this to put on a really good series to put it on your platform and promote it, I think that's a really fascinating idea. And hopefully, that conversation or a conversation like that is starting to happen. So we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Um, all right, let's get into our Ricky Treadway Random Mini Five Hundred Driver of the Week to finish stuff off here. Yes, absolutely. The random Indy 500 driver, the Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver this week uh, comes from the 1955 race. The 1955 Indy 500 won by Bob Swikert. Bob Swikert looks like. Uh, they, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I did not know he was an Indy 500 champion. Uh, but the random Indy 500 driver of the week comes from the 20th place finisher. The 20th place finisher is Keith Andrews. Keith Andrews uh, is a name that I'm not familiar with. Uh, Keith Phillip Andrews, an American race car driver, killed after crashing his car during practice for the 1957 Indy 500. So it's very sad. RIP Indy 500, the Indianapolis Speedway claimed this man's life. Uh, but that's what—that's the era where, man, there was there for many years. That was such a difficult, yeah. uh, difficult era. Um, Giuseppe Farina was the only European driver on the entry list for the 1957 Indy 500. However, he did not attempt to qualify. Farina had difficulty getting his car up to speed and had experiencing handling problems. On May 15th, Andrews stepped into Farina's car for a test run, but crashed. Oh man, that is uh, that is brutal. That oh. to, to step into someone's car that was struggling. Oof, that's a tough one. Tough way to, to go there. Yeah, but um. Another one of uh, the the ghosts of the speedway, if you will. Uh, yeah, years right there. Born in Denver, Colorado, and uh, passed away in 1957. Of course, at uh, the world's greatest race course. So two Indy uh, 500s to his name as well. 1955 and 56, uh, both retirements. But uh, two Indy 500s to Keith Andrews, named R.I.P. to Keith Andrews, man from Colorado. Uh, Shame to have him. Taken by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but we learned about him. We learned about Keith Andrews today. Absolutely. Rest in peace to you, sir. All right. Thank you very much, Connor. Um, good deal. Well, another Speed Street in the books. Appreciate Daniel Apps time, learning about him. Um, so on. I just looked up and saw the news about Anthony Richardson officially being out for the year. So apologies to all the Indianapolis Colts fans. Tough. Uh, the Manning curse continues. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, we appreciate you again. Be sure to follow, rate, review uh, Connor's uh, YouTube channel. This is where the full video episode comes out, so you want to check that out. Throw it up on YouTube. Go ahead and give that a subscribe and a watch whenever the episode drops. Uh, for Ben Wolms, Connor Daly, Joey Molinero, and Dirty Mill Media, saying until next time, we'll talk to you on Speed Street. The latest episode of Next Level with Andrew Curlin is available now on all major podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow the show to stay up to date on the Next Level Conversations. 
Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.